Hi, this is Brooke DeVard from Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? I sure am. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. It's a high-performance auto curler that's rechargeable and gives you up to 60 minutes of cord-free runtime. Just think of all of the incredible hair looks you can create in 60 minutes, unbound, away from your wall. Don't get tied down by cords. Love your look. Live unbound. Check it out at conair.com and search unbound. Welcome to the Way Up North podcast. My name is Erin Bishop. I am a wedding planner from Vancouver, Canada, and also the event planner for Way Up North. And very happy to be the host of the podcast's episodes this season. Um, today, we're going to be chatting to Max Wanger, not Wagner, as he says he is often called, but Max Wanger, uh, about all kinds of things like um, how making a paper camera was his start in photography and how Instagram makes us both sad sometimes and a bunch of other stuff. So let's get into it. Here is Max. Max. Okay. How do you say your last name? Wanger. Wanger. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I mean, at this point, I really should change it to Wagner. I think 99% of people assume it's Wagner. Yeah. Your brain just kind of does that, doesn't it? But then I also was discussing with my friend, I was like, also like English is the weirdest language because this is also how you spell like ranger. So I'm like, is it wanger? Right. I know. No, it's, it's wanger, but, um, yeah, happy to go by Wagner if you, (laughs) if you so choose. I don't think we need to do that. All right. I'm going to get all official now and say, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for chatting with us today. Um, You're coming to Sweden. Are you excited? Very. Yeah. Never been, been on my list for a long time now. So this is the perfect opportunity. Awesome. Ticking off the bucket list items and getting paid. It's truly yes, it's always true. when you can check those off. <laughs> it's truly living the dream. So, Max, why don't you start by um, introducing yourself and just kind of telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, my name is Max Wanger, uh, not Wagner. Um, I am a photographer. I've been doing this my whole life, I think, or at least um, I guess when I was seven, that's like the earliest memory of, of like building a little camera at a paper and kind of falling in love with the idea of photographing things and people. And, um, it's been a hobby of mine for, um, for a gosh, it's still a hobby of mine. So, um, it's just grown into a full-time gig, um, within the last 10 to 15 years. Um, but I live in Los Angeles. I um, have a beautiful wife and two kids. One is going to be five, which is crazy, a little boy. And uh, we have a little girl who's seven months old. Um, and we're bringing them to Sweden. So it's going to be a family affair. Nice. Are they going to be like running around? Well, I guess the older one running around in the theater. Or is your wife getting like shipped off to, to mom it out while you talk? <laughs> 
I don't know if I'm going to have them there. That'll make me too nervous. Um, our little boy, you know, he's not the he's not the kid that's running around loud and wild. He's the opposite. He's like the reserved kid who will stand off to the side and observe and watch. And once he feels comfortable, he'll um, kind of let loose a little bit. So he's he's sort of like I am actually. That's how I am, um, and that's how I was as a kid. I preferred to kind of wait on the sidelines before making any moves. So um, even if he was there, he'd be just he'd be quiet and hanging out. Nice. Um, yeah, our little our little girl's different. I think she's going to be a wild and crazy one. <laughs> As all girls should be, if I do say so myself. I'm, I'm excited for it. <laughs> excited now, but wait till she's like 17 and hates you and you're ruining her life. True. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me in um, 16 years. <laughs> Fun. Um, okay. And so you said you, you made a camera out of paper when you were seven. I don't remember what I was doing when I was seven, but it was surely nothing to do with how my career is now. So how did that happen? Like that you, that you first took an interest, if you can remember. Um, I grew up in a very creative household. Um, I was always surrounded by artistic people and, um, very creative people. And I think from a very early age, I, um, was always wanting to create things. And I think at seven, I was, I remember just making a lot of things out of paper and cardboard. I made a vacuum, um, a vacuum cleaner out of cardboard. I was always building things. So um, making a camera was just one of those things that was, I guess, fun for me at the time. And um, and I remember my parents had old cameras, so I used to uh, play with those. But it, I, I think if anything, it sort of just, um, that was my earliest memory of anything photography related. It's not that I started taking pictures necessarily at seven, but um Probably, you know, soon thereafter, I, I developed photography as a hobby, and um, and it's been a love of mine ever since. And what sort of photography do you do now, predominantly? Um, I split my time, although maybe now it's more 60-40, um, between commercial work, um, commercial and advertising work, and, and weddings. Um, when I first started doing this professionally, Professionally, I was pretty much solely a photographer that shot weddings. Um, and that opened the door to my commercial career, which I've been doing for the last seven years. Um, it's, an, it's a completely different challenge. It's a different world, and I love it. And so I've been focusing my time doing that. So, so yeah, I'd say half wedding photographer, half commercial advertising. Do you have a favorite between the two? Um, no, I think they're, you know, for different reasons, they're, they're equal. Um, they're so different. Um, weddings are beautiful and amazing for their own reasons. Um, when you get the right wedding, there's nothing better, really. It's in terms of, like, the right clients and the right location and where everything's a perfect fit. There's, you know, makes me never want to stop photographing weddings. Um, and the commercial work is something I've always wanted to do and it's been um, a real learning process over the years and um, it allows me to um, spark a different side of creativity and conceptualize and work with different types of people and so yeah I love both. Why do clients book you? Why, why would clients book Max? 
either wedding or commercial? I mean, the hope is that they see something in your work that they haven't seen before. That's something I, you know, when I first started, that was the goal is, you know, how do you stand out? How do you give something unique to, um, to the world, I guess. Um, it's just, it's something I think we all strive. Um, we strive to be able to make our work recognizable and, and unique and different. And, um, I think with weddings, I played around with negative space a lot. Um, when that wasn't much of a thing, the wedding world, when I first the wedding world when I started was so different than it is now. Um, and there were only a handful of photographers doing the sort of non-traditional thing, um, thinking outside the box. And there was, you know, social media really didn't exist. So it was, there was less, less to be influenced by in a good way for me. Like I, I just, I did what I wanted to do. I did what I thought looked good. Negative space was always something I loved playing around with. I incorporated it into my wedding photography. And I think there I developed sort of a following um, because of that. And I think, you know, if you see certain photographs, hopefully um, they become a little more recognizable in terms of what what's what it is, um, what my work represents. Um, and commercially, that's still a challenge that I'm faced with. Like, you know, how do you stand out amongst such amazing competition really it's uh, there's so many amazing photographers out there weddings too it's like how do you continue to stay fresh and, and new but with commercial work specifically that's the challenge how do you um how do you stand out and make someone want to hire you over someone else so if there was an easy answer i'd be working all the time but um, <laughs> it's part of the fun it's like okay what can i do to have someone hire me well, I feel like it's working because you have a ton of really cool shots online and in just my basic looking around. And I do feel like your photos look like Max Wanger photos. I want to say Wagner so bad, but I won't. No, nope, you, got, you got it right. Nailed it. Um, so do you feel like you sort of touched on this, but now that social media is so prevalent and you can't help but see a lot of other photography assuming that you use social media, do you feel like that sort of affected the way that you approach shooting at all? Like you're trying to stay different or you get annoyed when you see someone who, who shoots a photo with a lot of negative space or anything like that? Um, I never get annoyed by it. You know, if someone, it's not like I invented negative space or was the first to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, so I'm always, and I think I always say this, but the beauty of photography is that we all see the world differently and, and we have our own perspective and our own voice. And, you know, if you and I were to take the same photograph of a tree that was in front of us, your photograph would be different because of the way you see things, you know. Um, that's what has made me love photography so much is, is the idea that we all see the world differently. Um, and social media... I don't know. I have a hard time with social media. Sometimes I love it and I use it as inspiration and Instagram is, is an amazing resource. But these days I'm really trying to stay off of it. I still post because it's part of my job to post, I think, and stay relevant. But mm -hmm. in terms of um, like looking at my feed, I, I really I'm trying not to do that now because I feel like it interferes with staying fresh and you 
often find yourself comparing yourself to others or looking and seeing what other people are doing and you start feeling jealous or you, you know, you're like, why, why am I not doing that? Or I should be doing, you know, it doesn't make you feel very good sometimes. And I don't like, I don't like that about it. So um, when I first started, like I said, there weren't that many people doing weddings. Um, and part of the reason I think I had so much success success in the in the early days was because I didn't know anything about the the wedding world. I didn't, you know, I was only looking at like a handful of photographers who were again doing something a little bit different and I took my cue from them, but then I did my own thing and um only listened to, you know, my own voice and followed my instincts and didn't rely on on what other people were doing. So that's something I have to remind myself these days. It's like if you really want to push out fresh work, if you want to be creative, um I think just staying, keeping your head down. And I talk about this in, in, in my talk, um, keeping your head down, kind of quieting the chatter and the noise. I think that's the best way to stay, stay creative. Yeah. I totally Sorry, hear you. That's like a long answer that with some awkward pauses, but um, <laughs> like hopefully the, hopefully the gist of it made sense. Definitely. And I do feel like I feel you when I'm a big proponent of Instagram, always have loved it to draw inspiration from and to share, you know, from a marketing perspective, it's amazing. But I have noticed over the years, like I'll work really hard with a client, come up with an event design that I think is like so unique to them and amazing. I'm so proud of it. And I post it online. And then like a month later, I'll see someone else's events like published that obviously happened before mine where they thought of the same thing and then I'm kind of bummed out I'm like oh I'm not as creative as I thought and then I was like I'm never looking at Instagram again for the rest of the day <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it is tough having access to just so many so many looks at what other people are doing that's hard yeah I mean I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you a little secret I um just the other day started unfollowing a bunch of people um and friends of mine, like not, it, not, it's nothing personal. It has nothing to do with the people. It's just like, I want, if I'm going to look at Instagram, I don't want it to be, I want it to be a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. I just want it to be like some, some the handful of friends that I'm like wanting to keep up with, you know, about their families or like the, their kids or, you know, where they're traveling maybe. But aside from that, like in terms of photography inspiration, I don't want that clouding my head anymore because I feel like it's really gotten in the way. Yeah. So I started unfollowing a bunch of people and I'm like, I felt really bad about it. But also I'm like, you know what, I'm just doing this. There's, it's all innocent. I'm doing this for myself. See, I'm just going to see if it changes anything. I can always follow them again. So. Yes. I'm so with you. I did, I did a similar thing where I started a second Instagram account. That's just my personal where I'm just like following my actual life friends and not my my work friends yeah. and I'm like with my with my work account I'll just post like I need to like you said it's part of our job and with my other one I'll like look at the feed so yeah yeah totally get you and I always wonder if there are those people so like I took that route because I'm like if I unfollow a bunch of people are they gonna like get offended but I don't notice I at all like who unfollows me so I feel like I'm being hypersensitive about it if anyone was mad yeah, at me yeah, that would be that, weird that was my biggest thing it's like but I think you have to have like a specific app to to find out who unfollows you. And I'm like, if someone's really that concerned then that's sort of, that's their problem. But, um, yeah, I, I felt bad, but again, like, I think it's worth it. And a, another reason for doing it, to be honest, is, is to sort of force me to kind of stay off of social media for a little bit. It's just, I feel like 
um, we all perhaps spend a little too much time on our phones and not enough time actually like looking up and mm-hmm. finding inspiration, you know, and going outside and looking for inspiration and going to museums and doing the things that we used to do um, a lot more of. Yeah. Um, you know, so much of our days are spent looking down and it's pretty interesting if you go and travel and you notice how many people are always just looking down at their phones. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this will get me off of my phone a little bit more. Yeah. So advice from Max is like, look up, but also keep your head down. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Two very different ways. Yeah. But um, you kind of touched on that, keeping your head down as in, you know, not being, not looking at other people and what they're doing um, might come up in your talk. Like what else or what can we expect from your, from your talk at Way Up North without yeah, giving well, away the whole shebang? Yeah, a little more of that. I mean, can I give away the title? Absolutely. It's, I actually think it's already, it's already out there. Probably. Um, it's just, it's, it's coloring outside the lines. It's sort of, um, the talk center centers around bad centers around childhood, a lot of childhood talk in terms of, you know, um, creativity at a young age is so, um, so huge and your brain is just developing at such a fast rate and your imagination and all these things. And, you know, um, you know, as you get older, you start to lose that creativity and like, where does it go? And what, what makes it, what makes kids, um, at that age, at a young age, what, what makes it so, what makes the world so amazing and what allows them to not care in terms of like, if they're drawing a picture, they don't care what it looks like. They're doing it. It's, it's what they think something looks like. It's what their imagination tells them. They're not concerned about what other people think or what other people are doing. It's just, it's pure creative creativity. So it talks about that. It talks about some of my creative I'm going to talk about some of my creative influences and go into my work a little bit, but the just the most I think exciting part of it is just kind of diving deep into um, how to how to stay unique and how to find that inner child again. Nice. Do you feel like having kids sort of taught you this lesson a little bit? Yes and no. I mean, yeah, certainly, of course. I think. Um, you know, you start seeing the way they, they see things and it reminds you and, and the things that they, um, you know, our little, little boy, the, the way he observes things and all the things that are just completely new to him become new to you again, which is really cool. Um, but I've always kind of had taken the approach of like finding the, the inner kid in you uh, when it comes to work, because I think that's important to sort of stay innocent and um, apply that sense of play to, you know, for me to photography. It's like that's when I'm most successful is when I'm aware that I have the freedom to play and um, experiment and have fun. Um, so I touch on those things too, just, you know, those reminders of, you know, what what it is that um, should help everybody really um, stay creative and fresh. Yeah, awesome. Um, have you have you spoken at lots of conferences before? Um, I've done I've done quite a few. Um, I always enjoy how I feel afterwards. <laughs> I was going to ask you to get nervous before. I feel like you're going yeah, in that direction. <laughs> totally. Like, oh my god. 
I, I, this is not a natural thing for me. Like, um, it's, it terrifies me to be honest. Like, uh, and this will be a big, a relatively big audience. So yeah, um, I might have to pop a few Xanax and, um, <laughs> do some breathing before, but it's, yeah, it should be fine. I've done it enough to know that everything always works out, but yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking for sure. It's, uh, it's not a comfortable experience for me, but what keeps me doing it is the feeling afterwards. It's like, you know, the feedback you get or just the fact that you accomplish something that's, you know, I think public speaking is like the number one fear for people, I, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, I always feel good about the fact that I've, you know, that I've done it and, um, and just getting to meet people and speak to people. That's the best part. It's, it's the, um, as much as I can give back and hopefully, inspire you know at least one person that makes it completely worthwhile when i was first starting you know i had certain people that that i was able to connect with and inspire or that inspired me and um that was invaluable and so if i can do the same for you know one other person that um that that means the world yeah for sure um i happen to think that the way up north audience is one of the most lovely and loving in the world so i think that you're gonna have a great time and they're gonna adore you and fill your soul with a sense of satisfaction afterwards um it's just such a great community of people and i'm not just saying that because they're all going to hear this i really do think i think it's a good good spirit at this this conference and also you know having stood side stage now four times with with all of the presenters um as the planner there it dawns on me how much like you guys are just like brides because I stand with them right before they go down the aisle and they're always like, Oh, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I always say the same thing, which is like, this is such an easy crowd. Everyone here loves you. Like, don't even sweat it. Just do your thing. And then afterwards they're like, Oh, that was so fun. I'm so glad that I did that. Yay. And the speakers that come off the stage are the exact same. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, no, that, that makes complete sense. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun, fun to meet so many new people. I think that's what I'm excited about most. Um, that's the beautiful part of this whole thing is the community, the, this photography community is so wonderful, you know, um, and being able to connect with, with new people is, um, is the best part. So really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and your fam jam is coming with you. So that's fun. Now they're going to be, yep. Is your wife a photographer too, or does something totally different? I don't think she would classify herself as a photographer. She um, and I used to photograph weddings together when we first started out. It was, um, it was something we did as a team. And then when we had kids, she kind of slowed down. She really, um, she runs the business. She does all the, um, the business stuff, the contracts, the, um, uh, I mean, operating a small business is really difficult. It all just kind of goes right over my head. She's really good at that. Um, she handles all of that. Without her, this business would not run. <laughs> um, so she is an important part of what I do. And I think she loves photography, but again, she would say that she um, enjoys running the business. So. so you guys still work together, but just don't necessarily shoot together anymore. Correct. Nice. Yeah. You're making me think I should like get on the husband hunt for someone who likes the business end because I could use that. You no, know, it's a good balance. If you can find someone that balances you out, it's um it's pretty cool. We've had 
our share of, um, you know, it's, it's not been an easy thing. It's certainly, there's, there are a lot of things that, uh, you know, when you work with your partner, um, good and bad that come from it. Um, we've learned so much over the years and to this day, still learning about how to work together and balance life and family and all those things. So, um, but the fact that I can kind of concentrate on creative stuff and she can help make sure we stay organized and that the business is running smoothly. Um, you know, we have a print shop as well. So right. Yes. I saw that online. Tell me about that. Yeah, that started out as a hobby or sorry, not a hobby, but as a like side project where, um, we were just sort of putting up some prints because we kept getting asked by friends and certain clients like, Hey, do you sell your prints? And so I thought, well, I'll just put some up on a, on a site and it's grown into like an actual business, like a side business where we, we've hired people to help run it. And it's, um, something we really are trying to focus more on, but yeah, so I sell, I sell prints and, um, it's been really cool to see the, the feedback and kind of like, um, you know, when someone puts a print of yours up in their home, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So that takes up a lot of our time to be honest these days. And it's, um, it's fun, but, um, so yeah, she, she kind of has her hands in a lot of different things and, um, the print shop's one of them. And who does your actual printing? Do you guys print stuff at home or you, or someone prints for you? When I started it like four or five years ago, or yeah, I guess five or six years ago, maybe, um, I did all the printing and then that became too tedious and time consuming. And the bigger that, that it became, we started to outsource. So we, we use a lab here in LA, um, that does all our printing. And then we use a framer, um, that we work with as well called simply framed and they handle all our framing and, um, yeah, it's been a cool, it's been a cool thing to sort of watch grow and, and be a part of. I'm looking at your prints in your print shop right now and they are beautiful. <laughs> Do these photos happen on purpose? Like this is going to be good for the print shop or are they just photos you've taken in, in your travels that, that afterwards you realize, ooh, this could be a good one? The majority of them were just photos that I happened to have in my archives and happened to like really love and, um, Recently, I've started to think about the print shop in those terms, in terms of like, um, oh, this would be, this is a good idea for a print, or what are people really asking for, or, you know, what's what's something that might be a good fit for the print shop. So these days I'm trying to come up with ideas, or, um, um, but traveling is the biggest source of of inspiration for me so most of the shots come from our travels um and usually i'll instagram some and kind of just get a sense of people if there's any you know feedback or people ask about a print or a photograph that's a nice way to kind of gauge interest but most of the prints are are, that we sell are just ones that i love and um and yeah i think now that it's grown so much we're constantly trying to figure out what else we can you know it's the same same challenges in, in wedding photography and in commercial photography. It's like, how do you stay fresh and how do you, you know, how do you not just stall, you know? Um, so we are figuring out right now what we can do to continue to have it going in an up direction, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like this is unique, like just perusing the max 
wangerprintshop.com plug. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a photographer who's just selling their like cool photos that are as cool as these. Is there other people that do this that you're aware of? Well, that's really nice of you to say. Yeah, there are definitely, I mean, there's so many talented people who do it um, and sell their stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know, you know, at what volume or anything, uh, but there are definitely others who do it and do it well. And um, yeah, it's, it's again, you, you know, with the prints that you sell, you want it to reflect your aesthetic and your sensibility. So mm-hmm. um, that's always sort of a conscious decision too in, in curating what we sell. It's like what stays true to um, sort of my style and, and what I love. So, um, yeah, it's, I think more and more photographers are, are doing it. Um, it's just, it's hard. It's like, you know, it, it does, if you really want it to be successful, you have to invest time and money into it. You know, you've got to build a site and you've got to, you know, find a printer and the papers that you like, and you've got to pack it, you know, do all the packaging and you've got, there are all these things that come into play. And, when it's a full-time business, you know, you need help. So you've got to hire people to help and you, so, um, I think that's where maybe it's a little unique these days. Um, in that it's like a full-time business for us. Yeah. Um, a lot of photographers have print shops or sell their prints as sort of like just a side thing. And that's how we started. But now it's like, we have to answer, do, you know, customer service. We have to answer (laughs) emails every day. Yeah. People are happy. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So, there's a picture on here that just is called New York. I'm sure you probably know the one. Um, uh-huh. It's just like a bunch of buildings, and I really feel like this is like Max Wanger style. You're like the only person on the earth who could take a photo of New York that looks like it could be California or like Hawaii or something. It's so colorful and like lovely and beautiful, and not how people usually shoot New York. I like that one. Well, again, that's really kind. I think there are plenty of people who could do do it and probably have done it. I've just, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I don't want to say lucky, but I just, you know, when you're able to travel a lot and when you have access to certain things, like that was on a rooftop, you know, you, you get the opportunities to take really cool shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I think what I'm blown away by these days um, is the amount of talent out there and how good people are at taking photographs. Um, <laughs> so many good people, so, it's true. So many good people. So I'm sure there are amazing photographs of New York. Um, but again, there go. There's that the idea of like keeping your head down. Like if I started to figure out who all those other photographers were who were taking amazing shots of New York, I'd feel like I'd feel. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, or give you <laughs> about the sads. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just. Hopefully, um, that's a you know that New York photograph is unique and. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you for the for the kind words. Now everyone's gonna go to your print shop, Max Wanger. I hope Printshop.com so. and find that photo and see see if it's true. It's just, but I. We never, we never promote it. Like, it, honestly, it's all word, word of mouth. So this is like free promotion, which is, um, <laughs> which is cool. <laughs> You're gonna have to start figuring out how to shipping, how to do shipping to Europe if you haven't already, because people are gonna hear it and yep. be like, mm, that picture of a cloud is amazing. I must have it. Can you please send it we to the ship, Ukraine? We ship internationally. We do it. Nice, love it. Um, 
Okay, cool. Now, when it comes to your job, whether commercial or wedding, have you ever like royally fucked something up? And explain. Um, <laughs> I mean, thankfully in the commercial world, I haven't royally fucked anything up. If I had, I might not be working again. Um, I mean, I've certainly, I make mistakes all the time. I'm the, my own biggest critic. I think I kind of fuck everything up. I look at, <laughs> and you know, I hope that doesn't come off in the wrong way. I think, I think all artists should have that sense um, that they're not doing the best that they can do because you want to continue to get better and think you can do better so that the next time you're pushing yourself even more. Um, weddings, I've certainly, yes, I mean, I've failed in terms of like, uh, well, I'm going to tell a story at the, at, the, at the conference about something that happened at a wedding that was almost, almost a terrible, horrible thing. Um, so I'll save that. But yeah, yeah I save mean, it. Don't tell it now. I make I make all kinds of mistakes and um, mess up. I think um, hopefully, like we all do. Um, and again, I'll share I'll share a couple of those at the conference. But the commercial world, like if you, honestly, if you messed up that bad, like word would get around and clients would be like, "Don't work with that photographer." So right. um, it's a one strike world. <laughs> kind of like yeah, you don't want to get that rep of just being someone who's like royally screwed things up. Right. Um, so, uh, but I've taken photographs where I'm like, that's a horrible photograph. Or I'm like, what, why did they hire me that I just messed that up? But thankfully, you know, usually they don't feel that way. It's just me. Um, but, um, again, I think that's a good thing to feel, feel like you're not, um, always doing your best. Yeah, I agree. Cause if you are, then, then what do you do? You know? Yeah. Then what's the point? Like, if you feel like you're, <laughs> If you feel like you're awesome and you feel like you're the best thing out there, then like, what else is there? And I guess you've reached the pinnacle. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, you should always exactly. be striving, striving to do better, bigger and better and um, pushing yourself. So If you're sitting out there listening, feeling like you're nailing it and you're the best ever, just go spend some time on Instagram until you find someone doing it better than you. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Max. I feel like everyone's going to be primed and ready. Um, you're closing the show. So uh, that's going to be fun. No, no pressure. No to pressure. Nail it. I saw that. Don't you worry. Know, the awards are coming after you. So, you know, oh, okay, good. if you're terrible, there's still some good times ahead to be had. Well, I welcome a large crowd. And if it's only like 10 or 20 people that show up, you know, that will calm my nerves. So either way, I'm good. <laughs> I think you'll have more than 10 or 20 and you'll be nervous. And then I'll tell you that not to worry because everyone's going to love you and then everyone will love you. And then you'll be really happy when all is said and done. All right. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again, Max. And we look forward to seeing you in, in a few weeks in Sweden. Yeah. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. Bye. <laughs> Hi, this is Brooke DeVard from Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? I sure am. 
Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. It's a high-performance auto curler that's rechargeable and gives you up to 60 minutes of cord-free runtime. Just think of all of the incredible hair looks you can create in 60 minutes, unbound, away from your wall. Don't get tied down by cords. Love your look. Live unbound. Check it out at conair.com and search Unbound. Unbound. 